Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Whoever said nothing lasts forever wasn't living in the 21st century. We live in an age where white goods, cars, phones, just about everything is designed to break down or be redundant within a couple of years. What about marriages in a world that is so easily disposable? Relationships for the long term. Kim and Scott Parry-Jones have been married for 35 years and counting, and Today, Kim and Scott share techniques for building your marriage through ministry and day-to-day life with their Geneva Push Couples workshops, getting together and spending quality time talking about the rough patches and moving through them. Kim and Scott Parry-Jones joined us in the Open House studios very recently, and we started with their marriage, the key to their 35-plus years of marital bliss. Um, We just keep breathing and waking up in the same bed, I think. (laughs) Your perspective. I, I, think it's, I think it's persistence. <laughs> yes. I think it's persistence. I think um, my wife's been able to glean a lot from the experiences that I've given her to yeah. be able to help make the marriage actually work. For which you are eternally grateful, I'm Forbearing sure. Forbearing with one another in love, I think, is the word. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 4. <laughs> but I think we wrap it up when we talk about marriage as being a we. Like, we're no longer single. We've we've given ourselves and committed ourselves to each other to become a new entity, uh, a marriage. Scott, when did you stop thinking of yourself as a single guy? I think I was, I was pretty well keen to get married um, from probably about twenty onwards, and I was just looking for the right girl that would put up with me. <laughs> and uh, and I think Kim was the one that was just the right person that was able to be my marriage partner for life because she's a very patient woman. I would hate to think that you would think that I had it all together at 22, thinking all that stuff. I mean, we literally have learnt this along the way. So I didn't have the list. I mean, my list was pretty superficial. I wanted someone who could dance. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, had the the sense of humour, did all that sort of thing. I knew I didn't want a beer-swilling pub-going guy. But other than that, it was just... I guess creating that we early on for us, like we, we began to enmesh our lives and not just be parallel lives. We didn't yeah. live together before we got married, but we actually were careful and considerate of each other's lives. And I tried to get to be friends with his friends and vice versa. And we created something new together as part of actually looking at what do I need in a marriage partner. It's more like when you've chosen the person, you have to become the right person with them and grow together. It's not like you have it already sorted. Which I guess brings us to change. Scott, how much should we expect to change in marriage? Change us or change them? <laughs> I think um, a lot of people go into marriage a little bit naively. They think, well, look, you know, I love this person and, you know, we have this great feeling for each other and this is what's really going to make it all work. And the bottom line is that doesn't happen, you know, and there are stages that you have to go through in marriage, and, and that first one is actually chemically induced. It's a uh, drug-induced it's, it's drug stupor. stupor that you are in, you know. It's, a, it's an oxytocin drug that runs around in your system that makes you feel those warm and fuzzies, and the problem is that wears off after about 18 months. And yeah. so that's where you've then got to have something that lasts, something that um, – that is actually getting the, well that's the where you start to notice together. the differences because i think in that first part we just thought we were made for each other because we were we just accentuated everything that was similar what was about us and it was you know it came down to the the crunch of the real important things like you like caramel and so do i your question is well what else do you need well 
along the line you need to realise that there's so many things that are different about each other and it's valuing those differences. So you accentuate the similarities in that drug-induced first stage but then you've got to work with how are we different. So if we do leap into marriage still high on oxytocin, does that mean we're destined for failure, Scott? Well, I, I actually think the oxytocin is a bit of a gift from God because when you think about it, you've got two people that are vastly different. Um, and just One's st- a man and one's a woman for a start. Yeah, but you come from different backgrounds, different yeah. history, different families, different interests. And the older you are, the more independence you have as well and independent friends. So you are completely different. You're like two cogs that are sit out separately. And I think the oxytocin is like the, the grease or the oil that, that, that makes you actually overlook all of those differences to make it start to work. But then as the oxytocin wears off, that's, as Kim was saying, that's where you've got to really start to go, actually, without that grease as much. And, the, and then I think that builds real respect and love. And I think the love isn't the drug-induced stuff. I think the drug, the, the love is, is just what makes you start to think about yourself and your partner and work out how you live together and work on your marriage. We've already mentioned the five stages of marriage. Are they so clearly defined that when a couple comes to one of your workshops, you can immediately see, ah, stage two? Aha, uh-huh. yes, we do. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> Very easily, because we run a, a young marriage one where we find most of them are like, you know, just still in that first stage. And then, of course, by the time the kids have arrived and all the rest of it, um, they're in what we call a collaborating stage, which is just the busiest time of life. And that's where they start to wonder whether they really still love each other because they're just teammates. They're yeah. they're going flat chat all day. They're building the family or the, even actually physically building a home or um, going for an education upgrade, all that stuff. There's got to be a lot of support given to each other, but it can almost feel like we're just roommates doing stuff and we've Tag lost each other partners yeah in so life, building life together yeah so it's a really important stage and and that that feeling of love visits it's not like it disappears but it's not that constant thing we often talk about that first stage is where you're just staring into each other's eyes and and um and you don't even know what's happening out there mm. um but by the time you've been together for a while you've got to look out you've got to look forward together and uh, otherwise nothing would get done in this world <laughs> and, that, so. and that's probably that's the second stage to talk which is where you start to where you're still together and you're looking out but then the collaboration stage is when it gets really hectic mm. and and i think and it's a long stage too it can go for 20 years or mm. so and and that long stage sometimes people think that's just like a black tunnel and is there ever any light at the end of it so we try to help people get some encouragement that there is something coming at the end of it i'm wondering listening to you speak about this stage in particular if reverie looking back at those early hazy carefree days of our relationship isn't both our best friend but possibly greatest foe in that we might mourn for those days they were simpler they were so much more carefree what's the antidote to that voice the internal voice that's asking, why can't we go back? Um, They're probably running around the room, actually, at the time. Yeah. Is the real answer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, that's and, and, I, and it's a very tough time. I, I remember there was one time when, you know, we're sitting at the dinner table and the kids are just, you know, food fighting and it's all happening. Mm. And, and Kim and I just looked at each other and we thought, man, you know, and what happened to those candlelit dinners? And, and we just looked at each other and said, you know, we could, we've got to make this work because we just couldn't 
couldn't work out what we'd do with the custody of the children if we ever broke up because <laughs> I don't want them and neither do you, <laughs> which was which was meant as a joke because yes, we do love course, our kids. But, but you just thought there's such, a, such a, a workload, such an effort, and the whole thing, building a career and building a house and running kids, and, oh, it's just such a lot of effort. But that's where it's really important that you – that you look at the long game because how that's when you're under stress. Mm. And, you know, and the Bible speaks very seriously about how when we're encountering trials or when we're having stress, uh, that's when it really helps us to learn. And that stage of that collaboration stage, we call it, how well you do that stage is vitally important for the rest of your life because that's where you find out whether you are a, a we, a as team, we call yeah. it. Yeah. You've got to keep in touch with You've who got to the keep other looking back is. at each other as and, well and, and carving out some time. And realise that there is life for us mm. as a we, independent of the kids. So we're talking about building new bridges together as opposed to merely memorialising the ones we've already built. Definitely, yeah. And, and we often say it's good to build your family tradition, something that's just what you do. You know, so if you went to another family and you saw them work, yeah. you go, oh, we don't work like that because we do it this way. Yeah. And those are unique things that you can take pride in and encourage, and that's us. That's what we do. Does it ever get easier? Yes. <laughs> it does. Really? It or does. does it just get different? Um, no. Well, I would I say it's personally it's, it's, it's easier. I think if you've done that collaboration stage well in the sense of you haven't lost each other, you're still able to talk. You, when you do find time, you enjoy being together. Um, th- that's the taste of what's coming after the collaboration stage. So th- there's another one in there after that, which is adapting, and that's very hard. Like the kids are leaving home, the ageing mm. parents are you know, needing care, uh, you've Friends lost your job, dying. your finances are shot, you know, all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. there's still a lot of trials to come. They're, they're life-changing stages, mm. that, that adapting stage. So it sort of comes on the end of the collaboration. In some cases, it can be a coup de grace on the marriage if you haven't really done the collaboration stage well as a we because then life throws you these big curlies really big right ones towards the yeah end. but as you said is there a light at the end yes because i think that what we uh, what we understand as the last stage is renewing is when you actually get to look back at each other the kids have left home um you know you, you've got a little bit more time for each other you can do some of the things that you were hoping to do and you actually end up turning to each other and going Oh my goodness! I remember you, um, yeah. and uh, I used to like you too. Uh, so uh, perhaps we can get that like back again. And so if you've if you've kept that through all the stages, somehow you've carved out the time to still be us. It's great. I mean, I, I do think it's easier. I remember thinking, how easy will it be when the kids can actually when you can say to the kids, hop in the car. And everyone does up their own seatbelt. You know, that is easier, yes. isn't it? It's than one of the, the freedoms of life. And, yes. and so, yeah. so the whole of life is stages like that. Some things get easier, some things get harder. And I mean, it's lovely to be in a lovely renewing stage that Scott and I are in now, but you know, the bodies don't work like they used to <laughs> sometimes. And uh, things ache and creak and all the rest of it. So easier in some ways, different, as you said, in other ways. But still, God has joined you together. And you you take those vows seriously, and you work as a as an us as a we right through every stage. Well, then I think you come through and you go. I'm so glad we stuck it. 
Listening to you both share your experiences and insights on marriage today, I'm wondering if one of the greatest gifts to your relationship is being able to share the highlights and the pitfalls with others. And and then, in turn, if we, without being interventionist in other people's relationships, might benefit equally by sharing the dynamics of ours with others. Oh, I'm sure it would be. And that, that could be just on neighbour-to-neighbour, friend-to-friend level, where you share your struggles and you're able to chat and say... You know, we had a tough time, now we're through it, or within the tough time, will you pray for us? Um, all that stuff. So that's sharing life, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, we certainly had many, many years, didn't we, Scotty, that we were not involved in each other's work life at all. Um, so it is a blessing now to be called to do things together. Yeah. I also think, though, looking at it, there's there are some real issues with um, with couples because we don't share how well our life is going and our marriage is going. We don't talk about that stuff. It's mm. all hidden. Mm. And Why is that, do you think? Uh, I think we're all scared that we're the only ones feeling this way and we don't want to look like dummies. Yeah. And so we hide our marital problems. And this is why they're so common. You'll hear somebody say, gosh, you know, Fred and Ginger just broke up. Who would know? You mm. know, they looked so good and now they're broken up. What's going on? And everybody gets upset because, oh, this could happen to my marriage. And so nobody wants to really face the issues that they're having. So one of the things that we find is terrific when we have our marriage weekends and seminars that we do is just normalizing a lot of the difficulties and understanding that problems are normal. And unless you address them, then you just build up all this resentment and and back issues that just never get solved. So the weekends and things that we do tend to try to help people to bring things out, clean out the cupboard, um, get on with life and and just accept that this is normal. Everybody has these issues and we've just got to deal with them. Here at Open House, we love our homework and I'm hoping that as we wrap up our time together, you might share one or two tips that we could apply in our own marriages from this moment. Putting it into the real practicals, it's how we speak to each other often. It's how we, we greet each other. It's whether we notice each other. I think some of the easiest little two-minute ones you can do is greet each other when you leave and when you come home. If, if you know that you're not invisible to your mate, they notice you, that can cover a lot. <laughs> um, but if you sort of walk in the door and you don't even say you're home and nobody greets you with a kiss and you feel like, well, why did I work all this day for nothing? Then you're, set, you're setting yourself up for a bad evening. So that's a little take-home tip, yeah. I guess. Mm. Greet each other. Say goodbye to each other. Ask how the day went. Connect. So I often teach just three little T's. Do you, do you remember what they are? Nope. <laughs> Touch. That's treat, one. And talk. Talk, touch, and treat. If you do that each day, if you talk to your mate, so it's not just did you pick up the dry cleaning, yeah. just talk, How how what was best about your day-to-day. If you touch each other, if you greet and have a kiss or hold hands while you're watching TV or just brush each other as you walk past in the corridor, give a massage on the shoulders, and if you treat each other. So every now and then you think, hey, he likes Nenish tarts, I'll bring him one of those home. Um, or she likes to listen to this music, I'll go buy that. Then talk, touch and treat. Awesome. And, and I think from a from a biblical perspective, when we understand very clearly that our, our marriages aren't just for us, they're an image of Christ and the church. And so that whole image of Christ and the church, and this is what we are to model an example to the world, it's 
no wonder that we get so much thrown at us mm. because Satan is trying to do everything he can do to bust that up, not just because he doesn't like Christians being married. It's because he's trying to bust up that image of Christ in the church. So when you understand that's what's going to happen to you, then there's going to be grenades that are going to get tossed to you all the time. So you've got to deal with those grenades. And and the other part is just therefore saying it's it's us in this together we're in this marriage together, and so how can we continue to work on that as a we? So we do a lot of work in our marriage courses just trying to get people to get the fact that we're a we. We're like we're playing doubles on a tennis court. We're not playing singles. But too often as couples, we tend to just bash the ball back to each other so that we can try to win the point. And mm. who, are you, who are you winning? No like, one's winning. <laughs> we're we're just, just stupid when you think about it. But if you're playing doubles against all of the things that are against you, then then you're on the same team. And that makes a big difference when you just switch gears in your thinking. Don't try to score points against your partner. Try to score points with them. Listening to you both speak today, I can't imagine how much fun and learning would be had at one of your workshops. Kim and Scott Parry-Jones, thank you for joining us on Open House Around Australia. Pleasure, thank pleasure. you. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.